Hey, ballers. Welcome back to what soon to me. No, 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 no. This cannot stand. This cannot stand, Sam. I'm Did sorry. We already but the do most ballers? important, the most important event of your and my lives is this Friday, and we have to intro the show with it, Sam, because you and I are not ballers. We're not just gamers. We're not just unfunny, untalented white men. We're killers of chaos. Hell yeah. We're crystal bearers. Let's go. We are crystal bearers. Hey, egg vibrators. <laughs> welcome back to Hatsune Miku's Crack House, episode 95. I'm your host, as always, the chaos killer, Sam Kingma. Enjoy me as my best friend, co host, Miles Jeb. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> my- Miles Jack. Garland. Miles Jack Garland. <laughs> That's what the what does the J stand for? Does it stand for Jeb or Jack Garland? Who's it? Stand it stands for? for Jack Garland, obviously. <laughs> because I'm here to do only one thing, Sam. And it's kill chaos. Hell yeah. Can, can I just say that that the Stranger of Paradise fandom is in just complete and total opposition to everything I've ever believed in my life. Because the Stranger of Paradise fandom has one joke, and unlike other fandoms that only have one joke, it's always funny. Like, it's, it's, whenever you hear, like, the, the, the Full Metal Alchemist, like, the dog joke. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, I, there's, there's other fandoms that only have this, like, just one joke. But, like, this is really the first fandom to have only one joke. And every time I hear the joke, I just, I'm smiling. Because I'm like, yeah, man, I'm there with you. Let's get him. I think the difference with, like, with, with the Kill Chaos meme is that part of what makes it funny is Stranger Paradise, just from clips and stuff I've seen online of the game, is so cracked that there could be 30 to 40 jokes, maybe. But everyone deliberately chooses to stick with this one. And that's the, the X factor here is that it's like a deliberate choice to only have one joke. Where I feel like fandoms just like, well, clamber around. So again, like the Full Mal Alchemist dog. There's plenty of other good stuff to choose from and Full Mal Alchemist to remember. And some of it's remembered in memes. But like, that, it's so monolithic. You know, that fucking yeah. dog is so monolithic. Um... In, in just anime culture in a way that the rest of the <laughs> memes of the series really aren't. Um, but with chaos, it feels like everyone's like, yeah, we could have like... Dude, Every it looks like every fucking cutscene has me cracking up. All, I'm like three for three with like cutscenes I've just seen uh, out of context online that just have me in fucking stitches. Like when he, j when he cuts that elf off is like so funny to me, yeah. dude. And when they all the, meet and they all show their fucking crystals and they're all like, cool, the guess we're buddies. Yeah. The the one where he cuts Astos off mid monologue is so funny because some some rando, just some guy, once tweeted like Jack is a cutscene skipper. And that's the most like true sentence you've ever heard in your life. But but I guess they knew that before we knew that. They're like, oh no, that's not a that's not a joke. That's a, a fucking fact about him. Yeah, last last time I checked, the last cutscene skipper protagonist we've had in a modern AAA video game is Doom Guy, uh, yeah. also known as the Slayer. And it's yeah, it's been a fucking while. I'm time for a it's, fucking it, new one. 
he's Doom Guy if Doom Guy spoke and and somehow was even more badass when he murdered people because Doom Slayer some amazing kills some amazing executions in that game but he's not screaming you lose <laughs> and then smacking him in the face you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like i just i just love his generic like like liners where he he'll just be like out of my way <laughs> just shatter him it's so good it's delivered with so much like unneeded hysterical like, like teenage veracity that yeah. you you can't you just can't help but love it really i I've, I've been interested in this game in particular cuz the rev- i've been i've been keeping up with the reviews and and most oh, of the reviews new. are po- yeah the, most of the reviews are positive to mixed yeah. like the highest score it has on metacritic is 85 which i love i just love that that it, well like, i could tell you that, that this game it is the most like early '80s Metacritic game of all time. Even though I think it's in like the 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 late '70s. I think I don't. Seventy three. Really it's 73. pretty low. Yeah, that's, it's pretty low. That's that's rough, dude. That's rough. I think I'm. I gotta still play it. I gotta still play it. But that combat is good. That combat from the betas and shit was really fucking hot. I, the 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 interesting thing about it is yeah a lot of people who like the combat system but are like like a lot of the critiques are that first of all one of the the strangest like sentiments i i see from a lot of reviews is actually the story is really good it's just really? that it's really it's backloaded like oh, okay. that's a lot of people's problems is that is that it feels like you're playing for a big payoff and that payoff comes and apparently it is it is worth it but Be- it it takes so long and then the combat is really good but it's it's kind of confusing to just like you know to our viewers on a fucking time crunch it, it has at least one one out of five review which is yes amazing. from enemy from enemy from which is enemy, awesome. our enemy <laughs> which which is amazing like i just i i think that that there is such a rarity to me being interested in a game that comes out and just gets these like shrug reviews. Cause normally whenever I'm into a game, like I'm usually into a lot of the bigger stuff. Like my yeah. most anticipated release, you know, of, of this year was Stranger of Paradise. But then afterwards it would have been Splatoon 3 and then Breath of the Wild 2, like, like normie core shit. Yeah. You know? And and this is this is a big budget AAA IP made by two really. Well, hold on, hold on. We it's a AAA game, but it's big budget. We're pushing. We're pushing. It's a it's a big enough budget. It's a big enough budget that like I have to imagine Team Ninja got to do everything that they wanted within their scope. Like around, I, I assume that they specifically looked at at what Team Ninja delivered on the budget of Neo. And said, oh yeah, we can do the whole game with that. We can do the whole game with that. Yeah, I've only seen... So again, I've only seen the two levels that were in the, the second beta. Which was the the, the PS3 dungeon and uh, the, the Final Fantasy XIII forest. And I gotta be honest, when I played played it back then, I'm like, Neo 1 is a better looking game than this. I will, I will say that. However, I need to see the rest of the game. Because it looks like there's actually some like relatively decent like biome diversity and like level locale diversity in uh in stranger paradise so that might help a lot but like you know i played you know 30 hours in neo earlier this year 
and I'm like, yeah, this is actually kind of a pretty good looking game. Like it's still, it it's not like it a big, but it's again, not a big budget game, but what they do and like what they do in the scope and how they design everything, just, they make it look really excellent, you know? Which I appreciate. Well, team, team Ninja, like, they've always had a really good art department. I mean, go back to Other M. Other M looks really good. Oh, yeah, like, for definitely. The, Wii, the game oh, looks dude, great. Dude, fuck yeah. And did that game run at 60 frames per second, too? It did. Yeah. God bless, dude. I, yeah, I they're, like, they're a great technical team. I like Team Ninja. I like Team Ninja a lot. They fuck. Um, oh, shout out to DOA. Yeah. No, uh, DOA, DOA is the ultimate, like, everyone looks like they're wearing a suit made of skin. It's it's that seventh gen gloss. Like even in the sixth yeah, gen, it's the seventh gen gloss. And one fucking gen early. <laughs> yeah, they they were ahead of the curve on this one. But but it is really funny. Like a lot of these like reviews are are you know in the seventies range. But what I see echoed the most often is reviewers who went into it being like, I I actually really like Jack. Like, b- people who were just, like, so against how, like, hyper-masculine and badass he was. People who were, like, I was worried about the toxic masculine. Like, <laughs> they come out the other side of the review being like, yeah, Jack is a fucking awesome character. He's so good. And I'm, I'm like, there's, like, a Polygon review with just this really great excerpt that I like. Basically, they're saying that Jack is is sort of... They do the pretentious thing of, of opining that Jack is, is some kind of caricature of the toxic masculine. As I was, all right, shut the fuck up. But they basically say something about how Jack is actually the most compelling character because he's this, like, he's not the infallible, you know, hero of the, of the original Final Fantasy games, that he is just this driven, angry man, and that is his story. And it ends with this line that I love, which is, he is not a knight in shining armor, he's better. And I'm like, damn, okay. Damn. Like, I'm just so fascinated by by the reception of this game, by people who, their job is not to be a part of the joke. Even if they are a part of the joke, they can't be when reviewing the game. Yeah, from what I've seen, like, from when it comes to, like, specifically negative sentiments, because I've also seen a lot of positive sentiments as well. Again, I think when we say mixed, we really do mean, like, actually fucking mixed, as in there are people who like it, and then there are people who, like, actively dislike it, and it all evens out, you know? As opposed to, like, a bunch of people who all think it's relatively middling. I think it's, like, very strong like or dislike, one way or the other. And I've noticed with the people who are disliking it or like hard out are the people who are just like not super in on the graphics or and slash the like voice acting early. Just playing Japanese. Cutscenes. Fuck you. Whenever, whenever people are like, oh, I don't know about this, this voice acting. It's like, yeah, thank God it's a Japanese game with dual audio. You stupid fuck. Learn the tech. Learn the fucking lore, idiot. I, I had this issue with, like, a lot of my friends, because, like, obviously, SMT5, the story is not very good, but I, I had a lot of people who were like, yeah, I really hated this character because of their English voice, and I was like, switch the audio. Just do it. The I promise you every voice, and I do mean literally all of them are better in Japanese. I would know. I would know. Because <laughs> I went back and I checked. The, the Nahobino is so much better in Japanese in every way. In truly every way. And I same just, with Amonozako, who, like, apparently Amonozako is unbearable in English. 
Who localized? Was that was that internal Atlas? Who who? Yeah, I think it was internal. That's fucked up. Th- th- what the fuck? This is the same company that did the voices for fucking Persona Four and Five. That's pretty. I was pre- especially Persona Four. That's pretty high quality VA. For I mean, um, I, I the think 2008. The, the, I think they didn't really get these characters, especially because the script is so thin. It's such a sparse kind of script. And also, it was it was apparently recorded without a lot of them having knowledge of of the roles of their character in the game. Like it was a pretty classic, like just in and out of the booth dub, probably because of COVID, to yeah. be honest. But but apparently, Casey Mangillo, Mangio, uh, they were uh, Shinji in the Netflix dub of oh, okay. of uh, of Evangelion. They came into the booth and they didn't realize they were playing the main character. Because they had so few lines, and then they were like, "Yeah, you're the main character." And 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 it, it is interesting because they hired they probably hired Casey because the Nahobino is this kind of like gender identity list like beautiful male character, and Casey yeah. is like a non-binary individual. But like, it's so much cooler to just have a guy who like, yeah, that's a man. <laughs> like the, the Nahobino's voice in Japanese is just like, oh, that's a guy. And he sounds awesome, even though he's got, like, this beautiful flowing hair, and he he has his hand on his hip all the time. Like, but, like, a gay hand on his hip. Yeah. Yeah, where it's, like, extra, it's got that extra fucking... Oh, man, the wrist curve, full 90 degrees. Oh, my God. He, he, he has, he has his entire hand flattened against those loving loving it, hips of his exactly it's like a deliberate choice he's got kind of it's like the for the folks at home it's like when giorno puts his hand on his hip it's it's yeah, like he when he's puts doing it, the pose he puts it down vertically and lets his whole hand sit on his 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 fucking side of his hip again with that with that ideally 90 degree angle and and, and you can you can do the nahobino i love every like Giorno pose because Araki was on truly his gayest shit ever. My favorite panel is when he's holding the gun with Mista and his fingers are in Mista's pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Part five definitely has like the gayest energy, I think, of all eight JoJo parts. Cause I feel like because p- some people say part Part one maybe has a little bit of that, but I di- I dis I humbly disagree. I, I disagree. I humbly disagree. It's um, just Speedwagon. That like what they when they say that they mean it's just Speedwagon. Yeah, and but and I just don't think it's really a thing in part two. You there uh, a little a little hints of it, a little fun bits and throwaway moments in part three, but not really not the feeling there. That's like part three is a masculine adventure with your fucking boys, you know. It's the Final Fantasy 15 of 1987. Exactly. Or no, you know, 1991, sorry. Go, going on a fucking quest to Egypt with your boys. That's what uh, part three is. With the men. Yeah. And part four is all about really just, you know, chilling with your school chums and like that kind of vibe. Oh, let's go. Let's go to the Italian place after school and uh, get my eye sockets cleaned out by pole jam. Josuke's last pose in the series, another great 90 degree. That's the one where he's holding the bag over his, oh, his shoulder. Oh, that's right. That's such a good 90 degree gay man's hip pose. Yeah, but then you get to fucking part five. Oh, yeah. 
Oh my god, everyone's but, sucking everyone's dick in I part just, five. I, my favorite, my favorite part for I pose is I think it's on one of the volume covers where they're all just on top of each other, interlocked and interspersed. You know the the one I'm talking about where it's like, yeah. what the fuck? What happened here? What's going on? How did we all get like this? How did we all entangle our fucking body parts? Enemy like stand this? attack. Yeah. An enemy stand. Cut enemy stand. Araki couldn't couldn't fit it in the fucking first half of part five, so it got cut. Maybe we'll see it in part nine. I would love to see it. I don't know what part nine is going to be, but I'd love to see it in part nine. Yeah. The stand that makes everyone gay. <laughs> What's the name of that stand, by the way? Alex Jones. <laughs> and it's in the shape of like a, a frog with like big kissy lips. That's the uh, that's yeah, the actual yeah. stand. And it's called Alex Jones. <laughs> Dr. Jones, because that's a song. Okay. All right. Speaking of songs, Sam, uh, I guess I should talk briefly about Elden Ring, but... The the only thing I wanted to say is is in these 90 hours because I came on here talking mad shit the first week. Yeah. And and I've I've definitely come to to realize like a lot of the stuff that that is here and why it's here. And the only thing that really keeps this game from like getting up there for me like truly like in that realm of like oh I love this. I tr- like this is just one of my favorite things is I just I think that FromSoft's enemy design is just really lame and annoying like it's it's somehow both extremely predictable and and also like just the shit that was wrong with it in Demon Souls is still wrong with it like the fact that like y- your weapons clank on walls but Theirs enemies don't. is don't yeah, yeah like just like like that's something that could have been fixed if they had a problem with it C- clearly they think it's it's fine or they just don't think it's a priority um to fix it and and you know that's fair like that's in scope you have to factor that into everything and and it's not like magic phases through walls yeah and it does become and it does become like a part of like what you have to think about when you're playing the game especially like i remember in like dark souls like that when you're trying to go under the bridge and you have to fight like a couple of those rats, you know, if you got a fucking regular ass sword and you're not doing like thrust attacks, you're gonna just hit the wall and not be able to hit any of the enemies. So you have to like factor it in to your I gameplay. I think that's fine in, in like Dark Souls, especially because they could really design the game around that. But like Elden Ring, there's just so much. Ge- I think geometry is the thing that has killed me the most, like just getting stuck on on just like something that was outside of the camera's range while I was doing my Ocarina of Time style circling of the enemy <laughs> uh, and and just and just ended up getting stuck somewhere and just getting fucking stun locked to death, just shit like that. Like. I, I definitely, I, I definitely just, it's not for me. Like, the way that they do their enemies and the way that they, they haven't, like, fixed a lot of these problems that I've had since fucking 2015 when I first played Bloodborne. I'm just, it's, I, I, I just, it, it boils my fucking blood. It boils my fucking blood. But, uh, the other thing that I just, I see is, like, a why is this here is I think that dropping runes on death is one of the most like careless carryovers. I I have thought about this from as many different angles as possible, and I just don't see a reason for it to be in the game other than that it's what's been in the Souls games before. Yeah, and and I've just been thinking about like all the knock-on effects of like just how bad it is for Elden Ring in particular, especially because when you pick up your runes again, they diminish. It's like it, it was it like 10 or 15% less or something. 
Yeah, like it's and 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 the big thing about it is that like the the big sentiment in Dark Souls, the very famous the skeleton graveyard, is that was people's kind of crash course in oh, just because I can go somewhere doesn't mean I'm supposed to. Yeah, and this game is not going to hold my hand and tell me like yeah you will yeah you yeah go there go there. Like it, it, you can just get yourself royally fucked over, and that's fine in a in a linear game. I think where like the the dropping souls on death is a com- not just a comeback mechanic; it's a catch up mechanic. It's a it's a it's a because going back through the area, you stockpile and just gain and you, gain you and gain. To, yeah, and it's also and also too because I think what you're trying to get at here is in Dark Souls, if you you know if you die from undead parish on the way to, like, the gargoyles up the cathedral or something like that. Like, you have to fight the gargoyles, so you're gonna continue going up the same path until you do it, where when Eld- where with Elden Ring, if you die, that's, like, a great excuse to go fuck off and do something else, yet there's Exactly, the, but now you can't! But I wanna get my- but I wanna get my runes, though. I mean, my- th- yeah. I mean, I guess this is, might just be a difference in, like, how I- how I've just grown accustomed to like playing these games because I just am very anal about however many souls I'm carrying around or runes. And it's like, if I have a level's worth of runes, we're going, we're, we're hitting, we're, we're leveling up. We're just, we're, we're, there's, there's nothing fuck unless I had a deliberate plan of action with like consumables or shit I needed, which now I'm at the point in the game where like, I, I can just grind two enemies and get enough runes to buy whatever I need to. Um, so it's not a problem, but, and if I don't have anything less than a, a level up, it's, it's not a problem. And even if I'm like close, if I'm like 80% of the way there, I'll be like, okay, what are my rune pickups in my inventory? And I'll just get to the, the level up. So I just have those runes leveled up, cleared. I cashed them in. They're all done. I can m- m- mosey on my merry way. And then even if I do die and where I'm at in the game, like 30,000 runes, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Like who, who gives a fuck? Yeah, that that's definitely like I'm I'm still not at the point where like getting runes that quickly is easy, and and that's what everyone tells me. Like once you get around to like Atlas Plateau, Golden Capital, like the, you know Volcano Manor, even what level like, are you by the way? Um, sixty nine. You could fu- you could dude you could fuck you could fuck there. I to- I totally could. I'm just I I like to really like clear out these areas and just and just get as much as I can. Like because for me and and this is I was talking about this with with I almost said Jack Garland uh, with Tom. I was talking about this with with my friend Jack Garland over the phone. We you know <laughs> called him on his iPhone. Yeah, and he his was iPhone. at his wedding. He was at his wedding, but listen you know, to he, Limp, he Limp Biscuit knockoff. He was listening to Limp Biscuit. Yeah, I I think this game is diametrically opposed to Breath of the Wild because. They're both these, like, free-form open-world games where you can, like, just get anywhere and just do it. But, like, Breath of the Wild is about, like, just this idea of the rejection of accumulation and the rejection of want. Like, you don't go places to to see what you can get there. You go there to see what there is to do and what's interesting. Whereas this game, like, every area you go to, like, it is really this hope of, like, oh, boy, I can't wait to see what I got. I can't wait to see what I get here. I'd agree with that. That's part of the appeal of the game. And coming to understand that was was the the first obstacle of like like me being like, well, what's the point? Like the point is something good might be there. And you just gotta you just gotta get real excited. Yeah, you know, dude. I hope the, something the, real good. Oh, come on, man. That ten percent up in equipment load medallion, you're telling me you're not oh, getting so good. your fucking so dick good. ain't rock hard. Once you realize like 
there what good shit is out there in the world like the game just works but the 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 first like couple hours on weeping peninsula and uh limgrave where it's just kind of like getting your your bearing straight like whatever class you pick i just pick something that net is nice and simple because that's what's gonna what's gonna get you i you- in my uh in my guide in my ultimate beginner's guide, I recommend the Vagabond class for like absolute souls beginners. It's like you got to I think Vagabond's the way to go. Heavy armor, fucking sword and fucking sword and 100% shield physical reduction shield combo. Good defense. If you unequip the, the halberd it starts with, you can uh, medium roll without having to unequip any armor and decent strength and decks. Like you can't yeah. ask for much more it's- than that. It's a great way to start. I, you know what I did actually? Yep. I I on on Louise four, <laughs> Louise four. You know what I did? What'd you do? I rolled. I rolled it the fuck back. Started as a wretch. Okay, okay. You would. You you you, you would start as a fucking wretch. I've never done that before. It's, literally never done it. It's like it's not as like hard as you would think it is. It's because no, like, and and the advantages are huge. The advantages are massive because you start with an even character and at a lower level than all the other characters. So you have just like ten less expensive level ups to yeah. just catch. Not 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 to just catch up to get ahead. Especially if you do like with a wretch. Especially if you do the trick in in Kaled and you kill the 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 big ass dragon by using the gold with using the gold flower foot gold foul foot so you get like 96,000 runes right at the beginning. Oh, I of the didn't game. know about that. I oh, didn't know about that. If yeah, if you just want to like granted you can't do any of the dragon incantations so like don't do this on your on your incantation build, but if you're doing literally anything else Fucking, you can just kill this fucking dragon at the beginning of the game. Grab the M- Morning Star from Weeping Peninsula on the way to get the map. It's in the, uh, it's by the giant and all those wolves. It's in it's that. inside of one of these like the uh, big chest, the big blacks. Yeah. yeah, the 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 wagons. Yeah, if you pick up the Morning Star and then go to the third ch- church of Marika and then go to the warp and you warp to the bestial sanctum and then you go past the bridge, you ignore the dragon. You take the express elevator that's behind the minor Erd tree up to Fort Faroth. Thank I think, you, right? thank you. That's about? it, yeah. Fort, Fort Faroth. Yeah. Then what you can do is you go into Fort Faroth, grab the right Dectus medallion for later, and grab the Sore Seal, Radigan Sore Seal, which for a redu- for a damage increase taken by like thirteen percent i think it is 13 or 16 percent you get five levels in health and endurance and strength and dexterity so even with the is there level a second one one because because you also get one from armor of zamor or ancient hero of zamor that's uh you get i think it's uh for that one because that's radigan scar seal is that's that, yes sorry that's what i was thinking of. yeah that's three in each and uh, and they will not let you fucking double equip them they will not let you double up unfortunately but they will let you equip marika's seal which is Three points That's, in yeah, in faith and in, in yeah. arcane. Yeah, so they will let you double up with that. So it, that's like for like you that's take twenty percent. Yeah, you take twenty percent increase, but you t- you you basically gain like thirty two levels worth of stats, uh, which is like fucking totally worth it in my opinion. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. But you basically you pick that up. 
So you have 15 strength, 15 dex, which is enough to wield the Morningstar. And then you just beat the fucking shit out of the dragons back with the Morningstar because it does bleed damage, which is how you take out this, this like late game NPC with like, oh, like, you know, 70,000 HP in like four minutes. Um, by just knocking it until you proc bleed like six or seven times. You make sure to use the, the gold foul foot so you get more runes on enemy death. And yeah, you get 96,000 runes. Go fucking spend that shit. You get like at level one wretch, probably 35, 40 levels, something crazy yeah, like that. Which is pretty, pretty great. I mean, at this point in the game, that's like three levels for me. Yeah. <laughs> which is still oh, good. Yeah. It's, yeah. Still, still good. At this point, I, I would be like, I'd be like, yeah, keep, keep him, keep that fucking fucker alive and maybe get some, some dragon shit if you're interested in that. But you need arcane and incantation levels for that. And, which I'm, which I'm not running at all. So yeah. Although I now always this, this I, time. Uh, sorry, continue. Oh, I was just gonna. I was gonna say that I do. I have been like neglecting in all of my playthroughs I've done thus far that I, I, you, you literally can just like re-roll your character with a larval tier once you beat yes. Renala, like five hours into the game. So it's like it, it is something to like if it, you you can like hard right turn your character multiple times if you wanted to in like a normal playthrough just wanted yeah, to which is nice that. yeah i agree my my character because i i with with my accumulated knowledge with the isekai knowledge of four lives prior i began as a wretch and i literally in 2 hours like i i ran right to raya lucaria academy got the key Went in, got the Carrion Knight's armor set so that oh, I could at least yeah. look look good, look fly as fuck as I wanted to. But you still got that club though. You still got you're still rocking that club though, right? And that wooden shield. Uh, so well, you don't start with a wooden shield. Oh, Wretch yeah. has nothing. Wretch Wretch just has the club. Okay, and God bless. it's the it's the roll all day and all night class. Uh, no, I actually I got a sword at that point. Um, just just a random drop from one of the Godric soldiers. So I was using that just to just to get by. Obviously, then I you know go and uh, grab my Carrion Knight sword, and in just fucking like an hour and a half, I I'm already I'm already larping as a Carrion Knight. Bought myself a metal shield with a hundred percent damage reduction. Okay. Uh, because I, there was no way I was gonna get the Carrion Knight shield from that NPC because he's just probably too too strong, and I'm not gonna beat the the Red Wolf of Sif ripoffs. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so, Red Wolf of so Radigan. Yeah, yeah, Red Wolf of of uh, of Radagast if, Brown. If, if you bring the wolves, even at no upgrades on the wolves, it, it's manageable. It's probably doable. But you're oh, at like but, level five, so maybe yeah, so it's, it's not be worth annoying. it. It's, it's not worth it. But yeah, no. So I was I was at least looking how I wanted to, and I and so I, this time I I focused on strength, dex, and int because uh. The troll's uh, knight sword sc- uh, scales with dex, int, and faith, or and and um, and strength. Okay, right. So does the carrion knight sword, and in particular, the moonveil katana scales oh. slightly with strength, but more with dex De- and it's, int. It's dex and int. Yeah, you don't even. Yeah. So for the reference, by the way, Miles, if if the scaling is like D or E, don't don't, don't even really worry about that stat prioritize uh, prioritize one of your other quality stats like H, like vigor or endurance or mind but but that's the big thing is that like i basically i got my strength to the bare minimum needed to wield this colossal yes. sword exactly. and then everything else is going to dex because that's yeah because it speeds up casting it's great 
for the Moonvale Katana. Oh, such a good weapon, isn't that, by the way? Oh, yeah. No, it's it's actually insane that they allowed anyone with with an intelligence build to have a weapon like this. It's truly crazy. Like, again, this is why I'm, I'm getting into the game now. It's like I'm understanding the value of this open world numbers game that does let you play how you want. Um, it's just for me, like that early couple hours, I was like, I can't do anything. Like, there's just nothing interesting for me yet. But once you get there, and especially once you know how much you need to get there, it's great. Which, which, by the way, that how much you need is nothing. You, you need there for, for interesting weapons. You do need a fair amount. Like, like the carry a night sword, you need 18 int. But if you start with an astronomer, you have 16. That's, start that, the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. It takes it. Yeah. If you start with an astronomer and you know you want to use a carry night sword, that's four levels. It's like two points yeah, in strength. 10 strength. Yeah. And because uh, you start with eight and 16. So two points in, in int. And you're, you're off to the races. You're already off to races with that character. Exactly. And you got a great weapon. And you can, by the way, before you fight any bosses, get that weapon up to plus five easy. If you want to go nutty. If you no, no. You go to Kaelid. You take you take a quick trick trip oh, on yeah, down to right. Kaelid, the swamp of Aeonia. You go pick up that sombering smithing stone five right in between. Yeah, I the completely ravine. forgot you can you can get that through the through Aeonia. I thought you could only get that through Deep CO for a well. And then oh, I mean, you can also uh, go through the the well, but no, you just travel. It's pretty. It's Kaled. probably too hard to go through the well like that early in the game. Oh yeah, no, it's best to go on the Kaled Overworld and just run past all the enemies and just grab some grace points as you. Yeah. Go. Oh, I didn't. I didn't think about that. Yeah. the The way that I did it was I, um, you know, I, I waited for my my five somber smithing stones because I wanted to put them into the Troll Knight Sword and the Moon Veil, um, and then because there's just enough somber smithing stones in the game i am going to keep my carrion knight sword updated uh just in case like i yeah. end up preferring to use it like you know because it deals uh magic damage just yeah that's inherently that, that's true i would keep which that. moonvale doesn't it it uh, like troll knight sword doesn't it's just strong as fuck and uh it, what, moonvale doesn't what? but it has bleed uh is that colossal weapon the the, the yeah it's the, colossal okay so like I I'm literally what like running crazy, around with this fucking these three weapons by the way are nutty together I yeah. can't believe you're running all three of these and and th- and that's where and that's where I'm enjoying Elden Ring is that I can I do got that. my and I can also cast stick. spells I got my katana I got my straight sword that deals magic damage split with the physical I got my spells. Which, by the way, you just get through memory stones, which, by the way, if you want to get, you can get five really early before fighting any bosses, six if you fight Radigan, um, Wolf, Radigan, what, Red Wolf, um, so you can just carry a shit ton of fucking spells and incantations, um, and yeah, and you can get the fucking meteorite staff, you can get the fucking meteorite staff, 15 minutes into the goddamn game. Oh, congratulations. Your spellcaster's just good now. Like you're yeah. like you're done. You get the carrion knight sword, you get the meteorite staff. Congratulations. You could play the whole game now. You can just beat the whole game now. That that's the big thing is I think that your least interesting playthrough will be your first when you're just fit like when, when you're, you're just figuring, figuring everything it out. out. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's not a problem at all, but it's just something that like I just was not used to like I was just not used to a game that was this aggressively like 
Oh yeah, no, the the sense of wanderlust and exploring this world, like that's not the point. It 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 is, but it's not. Yeah, it's the it's like the It's about it is, finding shit. I think the 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 wanderlust, like that's explore and find shit. It is fun on the first playthrough because it's like it's like what am I gonna get out of like a survival need, you know, like and whereas yeah. now that I've played a bit more and I have like 80 hours in the game and know what's up, at least for like the first, again, lower continent of the game, I'm like, oh, I know what build I'm doing. I know what weapons I want to get. And I know I can get them in like an hour. And like, that's like that last part about getting them in like 60, 60, 90 minutes. That's the fucking best part for me. That's the part. Um, because speaking of songs on Jack Garland's iPhone, as mentioned yeah. earlier, However, we got to this this transitionary point. Uh, I I have while playing Elden Ring just had songs stuck in my head, just randomly. Just it, it wouldn't matter what the song is. It just truly wouldn't matter. At one point, here comes Santa Claus was one of the songs. So I'm just running with my fucking colossal sword slung over my shoulder, thinking, "Here comes Santa Claus! Here comes Santa Claus! Right down, Santa Claus!" Oh, oh! By the way, no, the sound effect when you swing it, is so good. Um, but uh, but yeah, like think thinking of all these random songs, and one of them that kept coming into my head was the Dwayne and Brando Mega Man. Oh my god, I love that song so much. Oh, it's so good, dude. I was listening to it, so I, I went back and listened to it just just again. It still holds up. It's still awesome. And by the way, the Mega Man 6, like, solo album that Dwayne did after their breakup, some of the lyrics are pretty whack, but, like, actually, that whole soundtrack is really fire because Mega Man 6 music is fire. It good music. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the instrumentals are done by the, by, uh, the Plasmas. Oh, who's yeah. Who's just this great, yeah, great, like, metal, you know, Nintendo Core metal band. And Dwayne has some of his most like aggressive singing ever like what's fun about Dwayne is that his rapping style is so angry it's wonderful and and he's just got like the most like angry vocals in that where he's just he's just shouting and and it's fucking it's fucking raw as fuck Every, every, every fucking lyric in that is just raw as fuck. There's one that's just like, beat down, put Mr. Rex in the fucking ground. It's just like, it's just like, Jesus Christ, this is amazing. Like when I was 15, I was like, dude, this is putting hair on my balls. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, I, so that's great. But now it's just been recommending me all this like video game, like music. Songs that just are the, from this classic YouTube era of like 2008 to like, 2011, like the, like the Brental Floss with lyrics or like the smooth, yeah, yeah, shit, right? I, that, but but like there, there is one like I I, I want to have a conversation about like just the strange just era of music where it was Please. just all these like game songs and, and particularly like famous like game animation songs like things that had like flash music to them. Oh yeah, like uh, the Ross Forest Maze. Yeah, yeah, or or one particular one that you'll know immediately. Wake up, Princess Toadstool! It is I, your one and only king, Bowser Koopa. Just the, you remember this? The fucking, um, Ignorance is Bliss. Oh my god, yeah. I do remember Dude, that Ignorance song, is Bliss. that song's fucking amazing, actually. 
Oh yeah, not quite a uh, not like a a like original song, but a flat iconic flash animation, the Sonic versus Mario with the Breaking Benjamin uh, song in it. <laughs> I which think- which Breaking Benjamin song is that? It, uh, uh, it's the one that plays in Halo Two. Uh, it it fire your guns, it's time to run. Oh, blow me away, yes. blow me away. That's it. That's it. Where it's 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 got all the it's Sonic and he's got all the Luigi clones. And and Mario's got all the toads, and they have this big ass fight in the desert. And Tails drops the big fucking nuke on everyone, and it's got big fucking nuke written on it. Uh, and then there's multiple endings, and there's like the the good ending where Mario saves Peach, and then there's the bad ending where uh, Peach fucking falls under the Grand Canyon and dies. And then there's the 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 secret secret ending where Peach falls and looks like she dies in the bad ending, but actually she was saved by no other than a gliding knuckles. And then that that's how the secret secret ending of that that one is. But shout out, that was like one of my first like pieces of like flash animation and like like what is this like that was like my one of my first like a, like animations i ever recall watching then pokemon spoof that's another i feel like iconic early i remember pokemon spoof video game animation yeah pokemon spoof was was fucking Th- this iconic. is not this is not an animation did you see ash versus the twin towers or the two towers <laughs> no I always say this whenever I'm talking about the Lord of the Rings film, The Two Towers. You I call accidentally them the twin always towers. say the Twin Towers because how can you not? How can you not call them the Twin Towers? Now let me ask this: I haven't watched Two Towers. Are the t- titular Two Towers twinning? So there's one in Isengard, and I believe there's one in Mordor. So they are not right next to each other. Okay. Okay. But there are two towers, and they are like. But these do they look the same? They look roughly the same, yeah. So they are kind of twin towers. Yeah, but they're it's not just like that they're not next, next to each other. To each other. Yeah. It's like fr- it's twins separated at birth towers. But but it's it's literally this like this thing by a bunch of high school students who like they just played with all their '90s action figures and recreated in 20 minutes the two towers film. But like. Smeagol is played by a figure of Zero from Mega Man X. <laughs> and and the the one ring is just like a detachable version of his arm that that just that they just carry around. Um So is this Mari- like a or, stop motion or n- n- it's not even stop motion. It's just live action with the characters being moved <laughs> by like hands by just actual- barely off screen. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, so they, they will, like, do something to disguise the hands, like, in the foreground, right? So they might, like, put a rock somewhere, and, like, and while well, they're, like, doing their little puppetry, and, and that'll just obscure the fingers that are moving the character. So it's not Gandalf, it's Ganondalf, and it's a Ganondorf toy. Oh, damn, you Marian- know, I probably, th- I probably could tell you that it's the Ocarina of Time it is. set Ganondorf figure. I really, I almost owned that i i ha- i remember bidding on a lincoln ganondorf for like 16 20 bucks in ebay years and years and years ago when i was really into video game toy collecting but instead i got outbid at like 60 bucks and was like in 12 year old sam Damn. was not able to handle that if i if uh i always think you ever walk down you ever go to like target or something like just walk down the toy aisle and just see an entire row like multiple rows of just video game toys and, like, and you realize that you you were literally born in the wrong generation exactly because this is what you needed as a kid exactly i think about that all the time oh like whenever God. i just see a breath of the wild link plushie 
I was like, where the fuck was this when I was a child? Dude, I remember what, what really fucking threw me over the wall was I went in, I walked in a GameStop months and months and months ago for, I forgot for what reason, but I was, oh, I was trying to buy a new controller. And I'm in there and I look to my right and what do I see but like this beautiful five inch multi-posable like Samus figure. Like very sweet Samus figure for like 13 bucks. I'm like, I would a dude, if this was a fucking toy in like the early, like the late nineties, early two thousands, this would have costed forty bucks on fucking eBay. Like Yeah. And I and I would have loved the shit out of it. Dude, I I we did grow up in a in a golden age of battle network toys that were just sold at CVS. You just go to CVS and buy a a, a fucking Mega Man EXE toy. Damn, like, you were lucky. Battle chips. You were lucky. You know, we should have switched because at my Walgreens, even years and years and years ago, you'd walk in the Walgreens and you, uh, by the way, shout out the CVS Walgreens half an aisle toy section. Love that shit. I always got my grandma to pick me up from school some days. We'd get Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Great shit. Um, but they would sell these like Five inch and sometimes even like ten inch Kingdom Hearts figures of like Sora, oh, what in Mickey? What? And I'm like, I was like, what the fuck, the fuck are you doing in Kingdom Hearts? In I'm sorry, the fuck are you doing in Walgreens, Sora? Well, fucking, so that's the next world he's got to save. He's got, he's got he's a Walgreens, the Walgreens world. world. The, the best part is that all the all the the Kingdom Hearts worlds have like, if it's if the movie's world doesn't have a name like Agrabah or um wonderland they'll just give it a name like like instead of calling it africa like it is in in uh tarzan it's called deep jungle (laughs) shit like that um there's one like instead of china it's land of dragons there's other examples of like these like made up oh yeah instead of the united states it's andy's toy box (laughs) Which is funny because doesn't half that level take place in a fucking mall? In a toy store? Yeah. It should have been called Galaxy Toys. Like, yeah. Because that's where it is. Where the whole also, why doesn't it take place. place in Al's Toy Barn? What is this Galaxy Toy shit? It is weird that they, it, it take. You know why, though? Because Al's Toy Barn, like, as cool as it is, it does not have three stories that you can glide, grind a rail upwards and downwards from. Al's Toy Barn is a very typical, like, I mean, it's aisle a Toys by R aisle. Yeah, it's, yeah, aisle it's a Toys R Us. Yeah, like, Galaxy Toys has, like, a bunch of fucking interactables that you can just zoom to. It's great. Uh, but, yeah, just, just the, the instead of being called, like, the Walgreens, it would be called, like, like, Medicine Wonder World or something <laughs> like that. CVS Pharmacy would, would be called uh, Chocolate Egg Island. Oh, dude, I wish, man. I fucking wish. I wish CVS was a fuck. It was Chocolate Egg Island all year round, and that, and just not exclusively from March to mid-April. That way, you could feel good about being Catholic. Yeah. Are you Catholic? I always forget. I, I, I am. I, I mean, I technically grew up Catholic. I, I, I never was really that into the any of the religion stuff. Though. You know why we're, we weren't religious though, Sam? It's because religion's fucking boring. If you play video games, it, yeah, like kinda. it truly is. Like, like, it's just like, dude, like, I heard about this magic triangle that grants wishes. Like, you really expect me to pay attention to fucking God? Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. He fucking turned a woman into salt. I'm so impressed. 
Bro, I watched I watched fucking Zelda and her six gay friends seal off Ganondorf with a magic beam. What are you, what yeah. are you gonna tell me that? Oh, what, what has God ever done that's that cool? Like, turns out a lot. Bible and Torah is full of a lot of pretty sick shit. But when you're a kid and you just play all these video games, it's like, yeah, where's the Pokemon? Where's the Pokemon in the New Testament? Yeah, and it also doesn't help that all these stories are being explained by you know some old old gray haired guy. You know, I have distinct memories of being in church and being in like the so in the back of like these Catholic and I think I think they're in Christian churches, too. And maybe they got something um, uh, similar to wherever you would go to Sabbath. Right. Is that that way? Shul. It's called Shul. That's Shul. Thank you. Like they would have basically the main sort of section with all the rows where, you know, people would sit. Yeah, the pews. Thank you. But then there'd be these, like, separate, basically soundproofed rooms in the back where ideally you would go with your, like, newborn or your one or two-year-old or your, like, toddler, basically. So you can, like, go do your church stuff and enjoy it, but also not have to worry about your, like, kid being, like, a fucking menace to everyone else yeah, you there. You breastfeed in God's house. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it was for that, but just for, like, you know, riled-ass fucking kids. And I just remember, like... Whenever my brother and I would get dragged to go to like church with 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 mom or whatever back in the day, we would just sit in there and I would play fucking Game Boy SP and it'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking now about just like how cool Shin Megami Tensei has made like Christianity and Judaism, especially Gnosticism, seem now that it just casts them as like heroes and villains in this like grander story. Whereas when I was a kid, it was just like I was like, why do I fucking care? Like, yeah, God's always the good guy. Who gives a shit? There's no, there's like no, there's no stakes. Where's the stakes in the Torah? Like, a lot of, the best part about being Jewish is just the sheer amount of stories that end with, yeah, we almost got wiped out. That was crazy, huh? Good thing we turned it around. Yeah. Shout out, shout out, shout out our boy Herschel and his, and his, and his enemies, the Hanukkah. Yeah, his Hanukkah goblins. That whole that whole fucking story is so fucking funny. Dude. I don't know what it it's is. Really it. just it's really good. It's really good though. Yeah, it really helps that the name of it's called Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins. Just because like well, like a Christmas doesn't have these kind of villains. Like Jesus, Hanukkah Goblins. I mean, Christmas has a couple of like the problem is that Christmas always has these like capitalist villains. Like like the the guy from Frosty the Snowman two who's selling no snow spray, or like from. From grandma got run over by a reindeer. The sister of Aunt Cass or whatever her name is. Oh yeah, who? Yeah, that one bitch. Yeah, and then also Cam Clark. Her boyfriend. Her boyfriend is fucking. It's it's fucking liquid snake. It's liquid snake. Yeah, Cam Clark. So so you just have all this like shit, right? There's all these fucking lunatics and. And and it, and it's just like they're not good or interesting villains. They're just really lame. Whereas like Hanukkah, we just got all these crazy. Like first of all, we have a whole ass real ass army, like a real ass army that that we fought the fucking. I think it was the Romans. Or I I, I I'm such I'm so bad about this dude. But like fucking the the fucking Maccabees who were like a thousand to one just kicked their fucking asses. By the way, the Maccabee means the hammer. So the fucking hammers come in and kick these fucking Romans' asses. One to one thousand, you said? That's the story, dude. That's the story. I don't think that's true. 
It's probably I, one to one hundred. I, I it's probably one to one hundred, but it's still a lot. We were outnumbered. Dude, the to- the still- Torah the Torah's capping. <laughs> the the Torah's mad capping. But what's funny about it is like that's the story, right? Yeah. The story is is Judah Maccabee and his other hammers. They come in, they fucking beat this army that's so much bigger than them. That's not the celebration, though. The celebration is we didn't have a lot of oil. And that oil lasted eight whole days and eight crazy nights. Nice. And it's like, that's the worst part of the story! It'd be, it'd be like if you if you made a holiday after after when they got Han Solo out of the Carbonite in the first in the first uh third of Return, <laughs> of, of, the Return Jedi. of the Jedi. Yeah, instead of having like a, 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 a instead like an of for empire. defeating the Empire and killing the Emperor and and bringing peace to the galaxy, no, we celebrate getting Han Solo out of the Carbonite. Yeah, just like it's just like the lamest part of the story. I mean, here's the thing. I, if, I, if I'm going to be diplomatic about it, it does represent the Jewish ideals of being grateful for the miracles that God has provided us to allow us to live and continue our faith. But I want to celebrate the holiday where we fucking kicked a hundred guys' asses. I want to celebrate that holiday when we fucked those Romans up, dude. That's that's what I want to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like, like there, there's some cool shit. There's some absolutely cool shit around Hanukkah, especially like we got some some great like villains. There's another one about like a Jew who manages to like defeat a witch with his Jew cunning. It's all all these stories. We talked about it before, but he convinces her that he's also a witch, and his power is that he can dance in between raindrops because witches melt in water, as you know. Uh, and so like he convinces her to come out and fucking gets her to melt alive just by telling lies. I mean, it's awesome. Whereas all your fucking stories are just like, yeah, businessman wants to ruin Christmas. Yeah, like like cuz that's the thing is cuz the Bible has like villains like Cain, you know? Like like yeah. He's a villain. Our, that's our villain. All right, step the fuck back. <laughs> Our villain. Uh, he's one of those crossover characters. Don't get. It's, yeah, don't, yeah. it's not. Don't get too worried about it. He's but, like. Uh, um. Oh my God. What, what? What is he like? He's like a uh, uh, Wilson Fisk, who's a Spider-Man oh, yeah, and a Spider-Man Daredevil villain. And Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> he's the Wilson Fisk of the Bible and the Torah. Torah. The Kane. But like, he's not a. He's just a Bible villain or like an able. Yeah. Villain. He's not a Christmas villain in the way that the Hanukkah goblins are Hanukkah villains. You know, they are out here to do one thing, and it's ruin Hanukkah. And and they don't do it through like that's the problem. All the Christmas villains ruin Christmas through capitalism. Like it's it's always like some big businessman who wants to like you know replace the whatever with whatever. And that's his whole thing is that he's just this old white guy in a suit who wants to buy the farm or whatever. And and the fucking Hanukkah goblins come in and smash up their fucking Hanukkah shit. So her Herschel's gotta come in there and trick them into killing themselves. That's the thing. Herschel tricks them all into committing fucking suicide. Yeah, so I actually looked up a, a, a list from the listwire.usa today of the best Christmas villains. They mention Mr. Potter from Wonderful Life, which I haven't seen, so I'm not gonna talk about it. Another, But that's another, like, crappy Christmas villain where he's just, like, a bad guy yeah. who doesn't have the spirit of the holiday. Uh, yeah, he's just some fucking old, old fucking guy. Uh, 
And then there's there's Harry and Marv. I was just about to say the Wet Bandits are kind of good, like like as far as Christmas villains, but they're not endemic to Christmas. Yeah, the Wet Bandits can happen at any time of the year, and it, they did happen at any time. They went to New York. Well, I guess they went to New York on Christmas, but still. And then there, then it says there's there's Scut Farkas from Christmas Story, which again. Not a Christmas villain, just a bully. That's the bully, right? Yeah. Every single year. And then there's Scrooge, which doesn't fucking count because he's the protagonist. Because he's not a villain. Yeah. Not a Christmas Hans villain. Hans Gruber. I mean, they're probably going to mention Hans Gruber, who's not a Christmas villain. He's just a thief. Yeah. Actually, I'm an exceptional thief. And because I'm upgrading to kidnapping, I suggest you keep quiet. God, shout out Alan Rickman. What a great performance. Dude, I love Die Hard. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's really, really fucking <laughs> I actually, I, but I truly hate that, like, people are now mad about, like, the Die Hard is a Christmas film thing, because I think it's an ironic hipster thing that, like, Rick and Morty fans do. No, that was a Jewish tradition. Every fucking year, us Jews would watch Die Hard. It's so much a Jewish tradition, it's in the fucking Goldbergs. That's how Jewish this shit is. And, and, and these fucking, fucking Christian, sorry, atheists, they're all atheists, Rick and Morty fans out here stealing our fucking thunder to be ironic and smart and funny and witty. Fuck you. You know what? Fuck you. The, I, I hate this, Sam. I truly hate when people think they're like cool for knowing like one fun fact that, 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 ev- that everyone, like people who like, yeah, like, like people who are like really like, like, um, actually, Greek mythology is all about how Zeus is a big asshole, and he loves fucking people, and Hercules is inaccurate. And it's like, alright, everyone, everyone knows this. Everyone knows the joke is Zeus was a dick. Like, you're not cool, or like, or whenever people are like, actually, biblical angels were scary wheels of fire. It's like, okay, listen the fuck up, you idiot. Those are actually just thrones, only one of nine types of angels. In the fucking Bible and Torah. Like, they're, like, when people are like, yeah, biblically accurate angels are scary eldritch monsters. It's like, actually just one version of them. One, one hierarchy of the nine angels were scary wheels of fire. And you're not cool! You're not cool for knowing about thrones! Did you forget the ones that have six wings? Two of which were to cover their eyes in the presence of God. So that while they're flying around with the other four. Like, you're not cool. Shut up. I just, I hate, I hate people like this. I truly hate people who think they're fucking cool. From the one fun fact. I mean, and they make fun of it in fucking Scott Pilgrim with the Pac-Man I was shit. about to say, dude, the first thing that came to my mind when you thought of this was the fucking, the, the Puck-Man thing yeah. from fucking Scott Pilgrim is like the perfect example of the shit I'm talking about. Or whatever people were like, did you know Super Mario Bros. 2? You was actually Doki Doki, Doki, Doki Panic. <laughs> I almost said Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> Doki Doki Literature Club USA. <laughs> And it plays, uh, it plays faster and has, uh, characters from the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise in it. Yeah, and <laughs> the, uh, there's more animations on the flying, on the flying <laughs> books. <laughs> That's one of my favorite differences between the two versions of the game is, like, the, the, the vultures in, like, I think stage 5-2, 
um, in Doki Doki Panic only have two frames of animation, and in the the USA version, Super Mario Bros. Two, they have four, and it's just like yeah. it's such a big. And doesn't the, their wings are flapping? Yeah, and doesn't the elevate uh, the uh, the waterfall also move faster in USA? Yeah, just like all this weird shit, just all this all this little shit. Yeah, speaking of Miles, speaking of USA and in, in in Japanese differences for a second, I was on my walk a couple weeks ago. And I and I was thinking to myself about the the phrase the land of the rising sun. Now, of course, the land of the rising sun is is what many people will refer to as Japan as one of his many like, you know, one one of its very you know old school surname type. Or of as places. the true fans know it, Nihon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, as as the the real ones out there know it is, as the as real that. ones call it. But some might call it, some say Nippon, but the meaning's all the same. It's my terrible Leonard Nimoy as Xehanort impression. Oh, man. I can't believe they got that man for fucking, uh... Dude, I think it's just Disney. Like, Disney has all these contacts. Like, they can get fucking anyone. Like, um, the voice of Shion and Kyrie now that Hayden Panettiere is like, I'm out. Is fucking Allison Stoner, who plays Isabella from Phineas and Ferb. Oh, my God, yeah. Allison and she does a great job too. Allison Stoner, shit. I haven't thought about she's her. She's too long now. Time. She is too stone Nintendo. Yeah, that's for fucking <laughs> two stone Square Enix. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I bring up the Land of the Rising Sun because Miles, last time I checked, in order to be the Land of the Rising Sun, you have to be the eastest country because the sun rises in the east and in in sets in the west. Who fucking, last time I checked, Miles, the Earth isn't fucking flat. So how do we fucking determine the eastest country? Sam, you I have to remember that we did believe the Earth was flat for like uh, 400,000 years. Yeah, but it's, but it's, but it's, but it's not. But, but we didn't know that. We didn't fucking know that until like, I don't know, fucking what, 1500 BC or 1500 um, AD? Yes, obviously the, the Earth was once fought, thought as flat. You understand my point here? Like, I mean, like, I, I do. I totally you do. Can't, that that you it makes can't, no sense. It, how? Why? Why is it the fuck? Why? Why is Japan the eastest country? Or is the is California the land of the setting sun? I mean, yeah, with all the is. riots and shit, it might fucking be. Well, well, the, it's it's like um, what's that song like? If if hip hop were were Russia, I'd be a communist. Yeah, that fucking uh, that one lyric that I, I I got on your fucking case about, which is yeah, if hip hop was Russia, I'd be a communist. Is the lyric? And I'm which like, is funny because you were like, if 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 hip hop was German, would you be a Nazi? And and the answer is yes. Like that's the big thing. Like if that if that motherfucker doesn't answer yes, like he's fake. But it's just like so fu it's just so funny to me to say it. it's like it, because it's like damn do you even know what communism really is do you, do you even know the damage and danger it's left in its way Sam that's that's but not what it's do about it for it's about the rap you game it for hip hop it's about the rap game if if <laughs> I it would have been a much better line to be like if rap was was Aryan I'd be a Nazi. <laughs> If 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 rap was a lolly, I'd be a lolly con. <laughs> that was that's that was one I came up with. I remember it just, that which 
there's something insanely funny about just imagining because when you when you think of that lyric, you immediately think of like the Nianners, like like all her like lolly songs that she's done throughout her career that yeah. she now regrets. Where where like like her nonico voice and just shit like that. Like you're just picturing like like you know just just some like complete like generic rap guy. You know whatever whatever comes into your mind when you think generic rap guy, like bald guy with goatee. <laughs> and loose-fitting clothes is generic rap guy, and and he's just next to like Nanako. He's <laughs> <laughs> like head bobbing like Night at the Roxbury. Yeah, and it's some fucking and it's like a fucking gangster gangsters with waifus gif. <laughs> yeah, dude, you know you know what like made me realize like yeah the TikTok generation just just needs to stop just needs to stop discovering things yeah well specifically the tiktok generation because we i think are not part of the tiktok generation because nah, we don't make we don't make content for tiktok nah it's it's really like the, i mean the, there's obviously people in their fucking 30s and 40s and stuff on tiktok but like the the, the what you're talking about are like people who are probably in high school right now high school junior like like high. the way that we used vine back in the day where yeah. we just threw shit on vine because it was just fun right like this, this is what TikTok is now. Like, but apparently, like the Clone High fandom in 2020 was revived on TikTok. Oh, and I have never wanted to see anything in my life less than than 17, 16, 15 year olds interpreting or reinterpreting Clone High. Well, okay, like, so let's let's actually dive in on this because I like Clone High a lot. So, what are they fucking saying on TikTok about Clone High? What are they reinterpreting about it? Well, they all like the show. I mean, that's the important thing. Like, they all like the show, but they're 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 liking it in the way that like <laughs> they're liking it in a way that I don't like. Well, like the uh, the way that like fans do on Tumblr, where like if a character exists, they're just they're just whatever the fandom wants it to be, right? Yeah. So like people are like like oh yeah, JFK is a himbo and he respects what it's like. What the fuck? Did you watch the show? Did you watch the fucking show? He has no he has no fucking that's respect not, for women. That's a, yeah, yeah, it's a part of the bit. <laughs> it's a part or of people, the whole or people meme. who are like, "Ugh, I hate Abe. He's so insensitive." And it's like, "Yeah, that's the the joke is that he's a parody of like all these like shitty, you know, like we're supposed to like them protagonists who just have no redeeming qualities other than they're generically nice." Like and that Abe is just like an embarrassing simp with no self-awareness. And and but we're supposed to like him because he's the main character and he's generic nice. Like that's the fucking joke. And there's all these people who are like, "Ugh, Abe, I hate him." And and it's just like, what the fuck? I I saw one that was like, how all of the Clone High characters would react if I asked them to buy me maxi pads. And I was like, I was like, I'm out. I'm tapping the fuck out, dude. I can't. I can't watch this shit anymore. I truly can't. Oh man, dude. Like we're we're truly lucky that like Zelda and Pokemon never went away, you know, shit like that. Like, no man, the Pokemon fandom is down bad, dude. The like, let me just, oh my god, like the, let me say this: the height of the Pokemon fandom, where I'm like, oh, this is just the state of Pokemon fans right now, is when I made my BDSP video. There was a good chunk of comments that were like. Yay, I see what you're saying, but I caught a shiny Turtwig, so overall it was pretty good. Like, that's like the, the, the live, that's like, it's like, oh, what? I got a, I got a, a shiny Pachirisu? Well, I guess it's okay. Like, well, but like, th but that's a different thing, because that, that's just being like, like an easy to please brainlet. Like, I'm talking about like, 
when like Arceus came out, there wasn't just a glut of posts. They were like, how Azuru would react if she listened to Carly Rae Jepsen's new song. Like, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah, just not it. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, just shit, just shit like that. Um, where it's just ah, uh, uh, I hate him. It's just like shut the fuck up. What are you eight? Damn, they don't hate my I, guy I Gandhi guess, though, right? Oh no, everyone likes Gandhi okay. as they should. Thank God, because Gandhi's great. Um, we got ten minutes left, and I and I and the, and the people want it. I know the people want it because we have just been we have just been dunking on something frequently, and oh, I said, yeah. you know what, I owe it. I owe turning red this kindness. I will watch the film. Uh, I I can't believe I'm coming on the show twice with the clown shoes. Once with Elden Ring and now with Turning Red. And the thing I have to say about Turning Red is Turning Red is good. It's a six out of ten. It's pretty fucking good. Yay. But here's the thing about this movie. Here's the thing about this movie that and I, I've already had all the conversations about, like, the aesthetic, you know, the aesthetic of childhood that, like, High Guardian Spice did, where that, you know, that bullshit, um, where it's, like, for, it's it's got, like, swearing and stuff, it's clearly for adults, but it's, like, deliberately kiddified, like, that's how this movie is, where it's, it's, it's like, got references to, you know, periods and, like, and, and kind of older, like, experiences that teenage girls have had and now are kind of nostalgic or, or humorous about, but it's done in this very, you know, kiddified, silly, toothless kind of way. Okay. Right. Like we've talked all about this. We've talked all about how Pixar fell the fuck off. Um, but I think what makes this movie work is it is the first time in which Pixar has just said, no, this one won't be profound. This is just a 90 minute comedy about a dumb girl and her low stakes plot. And. That's it. I think and I was Luca also is a low stakes comedy that doesn't have like a greater profound message in it. I haven't seen either for the record, but I know you haven't seen Luca and wanted to throw that out there just so we don't get corrected. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I hear pe- people say I would like Luca. I doubt I would, to be perfectly honest, but... Because again, I thought I think you'd fuck with the. Do you not fuck with like the setting of Luca? Because I think you'd appreciate. I do. I I do like the setting. I just have a feeling you actually would probably fuck with Luca. I think you would like it as like a fun, like enjoyable, like kids action comedy romp. Oh, yeah, I, I would, you know? but but again, I'm, we're also we're also batting with that Pixar with that Pixar five out of ten energy. You know what I mean? Like like turning red being fucking mid, good mid, which we've talked about. This is this is what I would describe as good mid, where I'm never gonna fucking think about this movie after watching it. But you know what? I had a good time. I didn't have a ton of negative emotions while watching the film. I didn't laugh. I wasn't terribly impressed. My heart was warmed once or twice. And and overall, I'm really glad it was free on Disney Plus. Uh, GG. So glad like, I didn't pay for it out of ten. Yeah, glad I didn't pay for it out of ten is actually my description of of that. That is my review of the film. It's glad I did not pay money out of ten. Uh, but like Soul, you know, Soul is like quote unquote profound, and it is. But it's also just got all this like goofy generic Pixarisms that are just annoying. Yeah, stupid and everything's sucks. everything's like getting in the way of each other, right? 
Yeah, everything's wacky and like, like, I, it does feel like the, the parts of Finding Nemo that bother me. It feels like them doing Finding Nemo, but like they turned up the funny fish shit to like a thousand. But Miles, you said something about, you messaged me something about Turning Red that I, I specifically have been wanting to ask you about on the podcast, which you said, for better or worse, Turning Red is just indicative of everything happening in the Western animation scene in 2022. And I wanted yes. to ask you, what is the for better? Uh, the for better is, oh God, oh my God. I mean, the for better is that Turning Red didn't suck. I, I think that that's truly it. Like, like that, yeah, sometimes this does hit. I mean, you can agree with Steven Universe. Like, yeah. sometimes it hits. Fuck yeah. Western animation sometimes hits. But again, Turning Red, I, Turning Red hit for me because within the first 10 minutes, I was like, okay, they're not going for anything profound here. This is just a dumb, fun film. By the way, that trailer fucked the movie over. Because when May is like, I do what I want, I say what I want, and now I'm a red panda, and I'm confident and cool and whatever. Like, what they kind of didn't establish is that the movie is about how the only person who doesn't know that she's kind of this, like, loudmouth, like, you know, funky, cool, whatever girl from 2002 listening to Four Town, the, the boy band, was her mom. And the whole point is that, like, the only person who doesn't know who she truly is, is her restrictive Chinese mother. And, like, that needed to be in the trailer, because that would have just made the whole thing make sense. Of, like, oh, like, she's describing who she is at school versus who she is at home, where she's very reserved and, and classical and kind of wants to br be free. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that. once I saw that, I was like, oh, this movie makes so much sense. Six out of ten. Uh... I'm oscillating between a five and a six. I'm so I'm I'm so like not negative on the film. I, I kind of can't give it a five. Yeah, but it's like not. It's not. It's a great. light six. It's a light six. It's a light six. Yeah. You, it's a you, light you don't six. feel you don't feel like uh, I don't really feel like a five. Just don't seem right. But also, you're not you're not hard on the six. You're not hard on the six. Yeah. So it's a light six. Yeah, like, like there are some things in my life that are sixes that I'm just, like, a big fucking fan of, you know what I mean? Like, Xenoverse is a strong six. Xenoverse is the is the greatest six I've ever played in my life. Yeah. Where just, like, where just, I have the fondest memories of Xenoverse. The most mid-game of all time. <laughs> that That's a, that's definitely a big one. Uh, and there's, there's some other, like, really great, like, sixes. Some stellar sixes, if you will. But yeah, like with Turning Red, that that is kind of the the four better is is that sometimes it works. Um, like even even the Owl House, I dunk on that all the time. But I, I dunk on the Owl House because I, I think it just sucks that it's a worse version of an already seven out of ten property. <laughs> and I and again, like I Little Witch Academia is like a beloved seven out of ten, a stellar seven. That that is an interesting question. Is like like the spectacular six and the stellar seven. You know yeah. what I mean? Like those totally exist. Where there's something that you just like wouldn't rate that highly, but like you're all over. Like oh, Mega yeah. Man Legends. Mega Man Legends is a stellar six. Gravity Gravity Rush for me is my like stellar seven. That's my go to because I just think like I I just think like what it does is like so it's a, just a game that gives you an unique a unique feeling of flight. But it's not flight. It's falling through the air. Like, that's how flight works in the game. So it has this very, like, fuck type, like, actual, you feel, like, a little bit of vertigo and stuff, and you play, and it's fucking awesome. And there's just a great sense of, like, sp speed as you just get flung through the fucking air. Um, 
it's just that like the stories like kind of whatever and like the actual like combat is like okay it's fine but it's just kind of like it's there you know but aesthetically sonically like the core beats of the gameplay mm-hmm. you got to play that shit miles it's on ps4 i, I know Both i would like PS4. it i i know i would like it like gravity rush one and two yeah it, it is really funny i remember seeing this with like the state of play where like the, when when sony had like no mascots in in the in the eighth gen like the, their state of play was like you know kratos and all these you know kratos aloy like whatever and then cat and yeah. then as soon as they could replace cat they did yeah i saw that i saw that trending on twitter like a couple weeks like a week or so ago at the last state of play where they removed cat from the yeah no it was for women a women's women's day it was for women's day that cat wasn't on the poster for women's day yeah, they, they had an aloy and i don't know some some and ellie fish. and Eddie ellie and, and ellie Oh, they replaced a cat with two Last of Us characters. <laughs> probably, probably, what's her name, Regina or whatever her fucking name is from Uncharted. The uh, Na- Legacy, the Nadine, brown one. Nadine, voiced Nadine. by uh, uh, Laura Bailey, by the way. Uh, oh, interesting. Surprised no one's mad about that. <laughs> well, we're, we're fucking done. I've, there's enough fucking. We an hour at the hour and a half, Mark. We can fucking yeah. wrap this shit up. <laughs> let's let's get the fuck out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. A six Sam. out of ten red panda movie was it all turning red <laughs> yeah turning turning red which they did not release in russia for fear of communism <laughs> yeah for because <laughs> <laughs> for for fear of communism expansion for fear of the iron curtain expansion turning red will not be released in russian territories yo did you see though miles that the russian government basically made piracy like decriminal completely like decriminalized in the country yeah and in, in, in the wake of the economic in um, the wake of all boycott. like the like the sanctions and stuff they're basically like okay we're just not gonna respect anyone's ip property in our country which by the way is that that's one of those laws that does not change russian people's lives at all no because there is not a single slav who isn't a pirate it, it's this it's, is just a fact yeah no it, it's like a, it was like a well-known thing like I, I remember i don't remember when when steam went got got into the russian market i think it was in the early 2010s i want to say because i remember there was an interview with gabe gabe newell talking about their their time in in the russian market and basically people being like when they were going to go to russia and everyone, there was like an, certain analysts and stuff saying like oh that shit's stupid as fuck everyone just pirates there you won't be able to have a successful business model there and there and of course gabe newell who what he's quoted on often obviously you know piracy is a service problem if you have a good enough service that has you know fair prices and offers a good product packaged in a good way people will pay for it even if there are free illegal alternatives that are in some sense just as equally available um but yeah no now it's uh no that's not not the case (laughs) anymore yeah no there's no reason not to pirate anything in russia now yeah like i i I was i was in a vtubers chat um a friend of mine does vtubing so i i stopped by her chat every now and then and um Someone was pointing out, they were like, yeah, I thought the whole thing about all Slavic people being pirates was a, a meme until I visited a friend of mine's house in, in the Ukraine. This was, I don't know, like you know, four, five months ago or something. And they just 
every movie they had was a burned DVD with like written in marker. Like just they did not have a single legally purchased film in their house. Yeah, I mean, probably because it was probably fucking expensive as fuck to import, and who fucking get it? Like, if you're some normal ass fucking dude in some eastern country, you don't fucking give a shit. Don't fucking care. It, it would be really funny if if someone got like arrested in Hollywood for piracy. You know what I mean? Like, you just see like you just see uh like Robert Pattinson's mugshot on a website and it's like Robert Pattinson age 36 was was recently incarcerated for pirating Final Fantasy 7 Intergrade from the Epic Games Game Store. Store. When when questioned he said I believe that Epic Games Store is ha- does not have a good launcher and I did not want to support them. No, he just no Robert Pattinson just leans into the mic and goes more like the epic lame store, and then it's taken away in handcuffs into Rikers Island. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's in New York. It's some penitentiary <laughs> into, in California. Um, yeah, into uh, um, Attica. Is that is that what it is out, out in California? The, uh, the 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 prison out there. The penitentiary. I, I think it's Attica, right? No, it's um. Oh, Alcatraz. You mean Alcatraz, Alcatraz is fucking abandoned. It's not used <laughs> as a prison anymore. But it's funny to say that people got sent to sent Alcatraz. To Alcatraz. Probably, probably because it sounds like being sent to Azkaban. I'm sure they're like, I'm sure Azkaban is like, was was like, oh, let's make Alcatraz, but like, let's switch the syllables around a little bit. Oh. Yeah, that's absolutely what it was. It yeah. is really funny, like, the first three books, which in my opinion are, like, the best one, as well as the first three movies, are just, like, these thin little books, because J.K. Rowling had an editor, and then, like, the fourth book is giant, because like they twice just stopped big. giving a shit. Yeah, it's three times as big, actually, because oh, wow. they just stopped giving a shit. Yeah, it's it, it's funny, I remember reading uh, Sorcerer's Stone in, like, uh, four days back in junior high, I was so yeah, it was, fucking it's into it's 200 pages. Such a breezy read, so fucking good. I, I, I fucking love Harry Potter, man. I, hey, man, Hogwarts Legacy... The the apparently that I think the state of play is tomorrow, so I think we might actually see like what the fuck this game is. I I hope it doesn't suck, but I have a feeling it it will. It's it's fifty fifty. It, it truly is fifty fifty. Yeah, it's fifty fifty. It's been in in the cooker a while because you got to think it's the team that did the Disney Infinity Toys to Life games, which from from my shorthand knowledge, from like the people that actually played it. It was like a pretty good game. Just didn't work because yeah. Toys for Life was on its way out by the time Disney Infinity sort of hit the shelves. But th- so they've been working on it for probably like f- at least four or five years, maybe. So I, it's just a good idea. I really hope they don't fucking botch it. But there's also a lot of ways they could botch it because you gotta think like. It's clearly like what everyone wants it to be is like Hogwarts school simulator. Basically, everyone wants it to be bully. Yeah, but at Hogwarts, and I wanted which to is which is a good idea. Hogwarts, yeah. The only thing is actually, I think, just having some kind of like, like, cool narrative to follow along that's like interesting, and also having like interesting content. I think that's going to be the other tricky thing is like is like finding interesting ways to gamify like the act of going to class, learning spells, a- exactly shit like that, playing Quidditch. Yeah, and like I really hope they they capitalize on on all this shit because and also because there is like there is some shockingly good like biome diversity at fucking Hogwarts, right? Because you have there the is. actual school, then you have like the courtyards. You got the Weeping Willow. You got the Forbidden Forest. 
There's the, the lake too with all the mermaids in it. Yeah, you got that fucking lake in in God that's in Goblet Fire. You got Hogsmeade. You got like a little village where you can spend your your quid, your hard earned coin, <laughs> your copper, your gold pieces, or whatever the fuck they use in in Harry Potter. You, yeah, you can buy you, you can buy your date rape drugs oh that they sell God. in like the fourth or fifth book or whatever. The Weasleys <laughs> just they just sell date rape drugs and they advertise them. It, it is really funny that people are like, I want to live in the Wizarding World, and the Wizarding World is fucking abysmal. Like, just like, like, J.K. Rowling has this really, like, kind of dark sense of humor about her. And and controversies around J.K. Rowling aside, I'm speaking very frankly, uh, just about, just a fact of her writing. Yeah, right? the writing. So, just so don't, don't fucking get on my case for this. I'm, I'm just, do, I'm just being neutral here. Um, analyzing the shit as it is. Uh... And so one thing is that she, like, has this really big fascination with, with jokes about kind of, like, degeneracy and and criminality and all these different things. Like, she just has this... Half of the cast of Harry Potter is a colorful cast of perverts. Like, like you just have, like, um there was that one, like, like masculine, like, wizard who everyone now points out as, like, a transphobic allegory who, like, drank polyjuice potions to, like jerk off to women in bathrooms what and there, the there was like fuck? there was like albus dumbledore's brother who had sex with a goat and flung his shit at people um the, the weasleys just sell date rape like potions that just like there there is like a joke about about you know how the weasleys are, are saying like yeah bring it on a date it's sure to work you know something like that and they like wink at one of them, or like how how Umbridge just gets fucking violently gang raped by fifteen centaurs. Oh yeah, and yeah, just just like she just I think just thinks that shit is really fucking funny. Just like that there are these like horrible perverts in the world. It's just her favorite joke. And so like the Wizarding World is just full of like just all these like awful human beings who just like are criminals and degenerates and, and, and zoophiles. Also, like the Wizarding World takes place in a fucking sewer like actually like look at some of these places like like the um uh the, the fucking ministry of magic and shit like that place looks like a fucking the literal toilet because they have to fucking step on a toilet to get summoned down there like and, and it's and, and all this shit's in a fucking sewer yeah, everyone's like, I really want to live there. It seems so magical. And it's like, meanwhile, they're like, yeah, don't go into the Forbidden Forest at night or you'll get fucking raped by a horseman. Like, just that, that's the that's the wizarding world of Harry Potter. It's just this unrelentingly dangerous world where magic is used by perverts to spy on you on the toilet. And, and you got to go into the toilet to go to the Ministry of Magic. And if you go outside. Wait a minute, the wrong wait a minute, Miles. What night, are you talking about? Go to the toilet. What are you talking about? Bathrooms? Oh, that's right. They don't. They don't use the bathroom. Yeah, they don't they use the bathroom. Fucking drawers. Exactly, and then they use magic to just make it disappear and go. Where away. does it go? Where does it go? It's gotta go somewhere. Do they atomize it? Like, do they cremate it from? And 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 then okay. And this bothers me. This truly really bothers me because like, P, right? Sorry, P. Yes. Like, what? You can't make. Pee disappear. It's a liquid. Like, like, like a, a turd is a solid object, right? I can imagine someone just magicking away, concentrating on the turd and making it disappear. But pee is is it's a it's a, a wet spot. Yeah, and it's do you, also do you no, make it dry. Like, yeah, because that's initially was my my thought was it's like well maybe 
you do something not to the pee itself, but you just basically you let it all happen, and then you use a spell on your pants to dry them. But that doesn't get rid of the smell, the urine smell. Well, that's what the second spell, where the aroma spell, you know, where you smell like flowers or some shit. I, I, was, I was thinking about this, too. Like, if you take, like, a really, like, messy shit in your pants, right? And you get, like, skid marks everywhere. Yeah. Like, does the magic get rid of the skid marks? <laughs> like, what... It, what do you do about that? Or like, or like, okay, okay. Like, if you just have like just pure, you know, let, let's say you went to Arby's, okay, right? You went to TGI Fridays, and you got some sauce on your shirt. Yeah, you just got. You, no, I was yeah. about to say you just got like the fucking puree shits, right? Just pure liquid. Your bowels are just squeezing oh. like a fucking like a oh like diarrhea, know, like a fucking boa constrictor, like pure. But like, I mean, like like fucking like diarrhea that. Killed people in the 1700s diary. I'm not. I'm not talking about like a like a McDonald's. You know, like a McDonald's like, like just fire like on the shit, toilet. Yeah, trip. shit so bad. Elvis had a heart attack on the toilet and died. Type of. Yeah, yeah. Type like like we're diary. talking. We're talking like dysentery ass. Okay. You know? Um. Like like that's similar to pee in the consistency. I'm sorry, everyone, but but like w- so the drying spell wouldn't work because you can't dry it because it's not quite a liquid yeah it's like it's not yeah it's not it's, it's, it's not like quite bile. a solid not quite a liquid it's it's like that it's like that wendy's commercial the the soft quid or whatever it was called which was like their name for like the the fl- <laughs> sam's looking at me like sam is looking at me with the most twitch emote face i've ever seen in my life <laughs> Yeah, it definitely one of those like uh <laughs> like a not, weird champ. Yeah, yeah, one of those type of faces. I just I don't know, man. I I don't I don't I don't fucking know what why uh the spells work like this cuz cuz I don't really know like the actual like in nature of how the spells really like work in Harry Potter, which is funny considering I've seen these movies like multiple times, but it's just like there's like some spells that just like do shit you know like like i think like stupefy is like a i think might be a disarming spell or might be like one that just like shocks your system like a taser or something i like if you cast stupefy at like a a hand right like maybe maybe wands are sort of like magnetic north and south they you know there's a magic component that if you cast stupefy it causes the wand to be pushed away right you know yeah. like if you if you put two poles at the end of each other yeah, magnetically that, yeah like i think that's how it works obviously there's fucking wingardia leviosa which is how you make shit float um there's the, the which which that's that's an easy one you just you like like gappy and flick, from part baby. a you just plunder the gravity away from it yeah, but it's not like it's not like in like the the manga Witch Watch where like all of Nico's spells are like very specific, but they also have like the specific rules and like drawbacks to it. Very much like Fomal Alchemist type of law of equivalent exchange. You can't have something without giving something away. Yeah, well, well I think that's just what Japan is so much better at us than like people in in America, like, always point out, like, there's something about the power scaling that doesn't work or doesn't make much sense. Like, Japan, like, they just spend... I'm, I'm sure they spend a fucking month in a log cabin figuring out their power system. Yeah, and what's funny is, like, this isn't even that kind of manga. 
This is like a comedy manga, but even even all the spells have like this like I will like Japanese some kind of drawback or thought put into them. Obviously, for comedy Japanese purposes, like comedy but. is always really like about specificity, though. Like in my in my observations of Japanese comedy, besides like absurdism and like really big reactions, like there is just this specificity to everything in in funny and like in comedy mangas. Like characters just say these weirdly specific things. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, like a couple chapters ago in fucking Witch Watch, which is my favorite comedy manga, I'm reading like that's currently running like right now like there's a chapter dedicated like the main character who's like the typical stoic straight man of the group just being the crazy one about denim jeans and all the the pages are just all him just spitting all this fucking knowledge about wearing denim and how to take care of your denim and all and all this shit it's it's like the chapter in Uzaki Chan where Uzaki Chan gets really into like mint chocolate. Oh hell yeah! Like she, she, she yeah she just gets insulted that that uh, Shinichi implies that mint chocolate tastes like toothpaste, and and she just like goes into this like long ass history about how mint chocolate has become fashionable. Yeah, you're talking about mint because it back, looks it's mint chip, Miles. Mint chocolate could mean like a York peppermint, you know? Well, no, she is talking about like. Well, oh yeah, she was talking about chocolate. The mint. ice You're cream. Right. The ice cream. Yeah, Ch- yeah. Like she's mint pointing out. Chip, how- please call it mint chip. That's the name of it. Yeah, that's the, the name that's of the, the ice cream. It's not called the, mint chocolate. She, she calls it choco mint. Very specifically, choco mint. That okay? That's probably like the the Japanese way of saying yeah mint mint chip. But that's yeah. but we're we're American, damn it! We're gonna call it fucking mint chip. But she gave such an impassioned speech. I have to call it choco mint uh, as a choco. But mint you're not in. calling it choco mint. You're calling it mint chocolate. You're right. I fucked up. I actually did fuck up. Which Uzaki would yell at me for, by the way. If you want to get but, yelled at, Uzaki Chan, join the Crack House Discord. Yeah, we'll get we'll get an Uzaki Chan RP to yell at you, <laughs> dude. We'll hire someone off Fiverr. For for oh, for a dollar fifty an hour to join the Discord and pose as Uzaki Chan. I I know a girl who might be able to do an Uzaki Chan like voice message. <laughs> I know a girl. I might have to ask, but we'll see. Fuck, that'd be funny. That that would be really funny if I just like paid her to just like to just laugh at you upon entering the Discord. <laughs> But yeah, if you want to be possibly, maybe in the future, laughed at by a Uzaki Chan impersonator, <laughs> uh, you you can join the the Discord. Uh, Miles, I I got nothing in the show. Any last words for the people? Uh, yeah, kill yourself. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why that just popped into my head. What? What instead of killing yourself? You, you kill chaos today on March 18th, the day this goes live, and play the fucking. Oh, Stranger I did. Paradise I did have Final the reason Fantasy I origin. I remember why I was gonna say that. Now, I while I was cooking, I had an idea for a challenge, like one of these, like an ALS ice bucket challenge. It's called the delete Twitter or kill yourself challenge, where you have two options: you can delete your Twitter account. Or you can kill yourself if you're challenged to do either one. And like that, to, like I was trying to figure out the solution to get everyone off of Twitter. That That's the plan. What, what a brilliant idea, though. Because when given the choice, 
The choice is obvious. I'm deleting Twitter, yeah. Absolutely. I'm deleting Twitter. I think I've cracked the code. I've truly cracked the code. We have to turn it into a fun clout chasing challenge on Instagram. It yes. Can't be on <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on Instagram. No, can we call it the delete the delete Twitter or kill yourself ice bucket challenge? <laughs> like that's that's has, the name of the episode. It by has the way. nothing to do with, with ice buckets, but I feel like it would it would catch on more if we called it the delete Twitter or kill yourself <laughs> ice bucket killer. challenge. <laughs> Delete Twitter or kill yourself kick bucket challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Anime thighs when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really wanna pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. Hey, hey. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really wanna pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. Hey. Bitch, I'm about to fuck this cutie, so I whip out my katana And I knock this little bitch out with just one hit like I'm Saitama Why you act like you retarded, like little bitch, I don't want drama I still hit when she says no, don't understand what she don't wanna, ayy Sword fighting with my penis like I'm in a fucking dojo All these bitches want me like my name was fucking Jojo Asian penis is too tiny like it was a no-show Bitch, don't watch your coochie, watch anime with the bros, though with my motherfucking bitch I might pull up, give those thighs a little motherfucking kiss And man, if you talking shit, tell Ryuki you on a list Yeah, your sister is my groupie, she take this anime Dick. Okay, okay, like little bitch, I don't care if that fat ass is too deep. Score a bounty on that pussy, you can call me Spike Lee. Putting out fire, getting ice, bitch, I'm Todoroki. And if you got some shit to say, then you can say it to me. Anime thighs, when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really wanna pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. Anime thighs, when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really wanna pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big. Titty, she's only five.